It's her MO. It's exactly what she did to her husband with you. Played around with his head by having a third party. That way, if it doesn't work out, you still have the first party. Thank God we have Tinder now to get to our disappointments quicker. Welcome to Why Daddy Never Cries podcast with your host, Chuck Kelleher. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies, their children, divorce, and silent domestic violence. We'll hear real-life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives. We'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground. Hang in there, daddies. Chuck's here. Chuck Kelleher and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries, employees, or our guests are their own. Guest appearance on the program do not imply an endorsement of them, their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, if you have any questions or fears about your unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or a medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran, and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade. Hey, how's everyone doing out there tonight? We've got a great show for you. Tonight we're talking with John, who, after an amicable divorce, was accused of false allegations of domestic violence in a foreign country. And what does that mean for a daddy, a true daddy? It means he's going to a foreign country to visit his kid every chance he gets. He's also going to talk about being a holiday dad and how much it sucks. But you know what sucks more? Not seeing your kids. In a world where headlines scream for attention, we choose to listen to the whispers that hold the true revelations. All right, let's get into this. John, welcome to the Why Daddy Never Cries podcast. How you doing, brother? Thank you. I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Uh, where are we calling home these days? Um, I live in Essex in Great Britain. Okay. And what brings you there? I've always lived here. Born and raised? Yeah, always lived here. Lived in Lithuania for a year. I lived in New York for three months. Oh, no kidding. Where about? Yeah. I have two car crashes tonight, if you want. My first wife left me in JFK Airport, the very place we got married. And, yeah, I had to wait in JFK Airport for a week to get away. But a week in JFK can be quite interesting. So had a good time. Been to New York four times and uh, really loved it. It's definitely, you know, next time you come to town and we'll go out. So tell me a little bit. How'd you meet your ex? My ex is um, Lithuanian and we met online. Uh, she was with a British husband at the time. We were just friends and we went into a business venture together. And then two years later, she breaks up with him and comes to live with me in England. And they were living in Lithuania at the time. Okay. A couple of years go by and we have a son together in 2012. So he's 11 now. Uh, we lived happily in England till like 2018, got married in 2017, uh, and then we moved to Lithuania in order to buy a house, to have a better sort of choice of schools and things for the son. For two years, I kind of supported her and looked after her by working in England and staying away from Lithuania for like three, four months at a time. And that was obviously horrible, missing your kid all the time. Yeah. Just makes you into a miserable arsehole. <laughs> it really does. 
Yeah. yeah, went there in 2012, in the sort of height of the pandemic. Her father had just died, and my father had died the year before that. Mm. So it was a tough time for everyone. But I looked after her for two weeks and looked after the house and things, and then I was so fucking knackered and we weren't getting on very well in terms of she just wanted to be alone all the time. And I didn't know why. Couldn't get any response. I had a car crash, and it was totally my fault. Okay. But in a car crash, kind of, my whole life changed from having hope and having to work in England and going to see my son all the time to not having hope and working in England and going to see my son in Lithuania all the time. And then now having some sort of kind of hope and going to see him next summer. And the reason there's so much time in between this is because this car crash we had kind of led to a divorce. Oh, But there's other things where I was cheating, maybe involved, I'm not sure. In the divorce, we agreed that if I'm in the country, I look after him 50-50 with her. Um, I last saw my son in May, and we had a nice 10 days together. Uh, I'm dropping him home the day before. Mum said, don't bother me before 2 o'clock, and I didn't bother her before 2 o'clock, so I turned up at the house at half past 1, and I was expecting her to be out, and we were just going to play in the garden. But this man comes out, and I say hello, because I know of him. I stayed in the house over Christmas, and I know of this bloke from her. Not in a relationship, she said he was married to someone else in town, and he was helping her with charity work. Okay. It's fine, she runs, she runs a kind of charity thing. Five minutes later, when mummy's just driving in, he comes and assaults me. And I push him off, but he's just standing there shouting at me for no fucking reason. Like, And in Russian, because Lithuanians swear in uh, Russian words mainly, I was saying, what's that all about? And then she comes and gets him, says stop, and he goes away. And I think, that's really weird. Why is this man attacking me? And according to her, on the way to the airport, she gives me a lift to the airport. I mean, this happens just like two hours before my flight. Okay. My son saw it. My son is on videos saying he saw it. And the police in Lithuania didn't care. When I reported all this to the police in Lithuania, they say they didn't do it. That's it. But in the police report they give you, I found out that she'd been telling people I'd been abusing her for years, even though I was just working abroad in England and sending her money. And meanwhile, she's going around telling anyone who's interested, like I've been hitting her and I'm deviant in some way. And from how fucking violent this guy was and how he had to be pushed back and faced off, it was something more than just what she explained it as. And what she explained it as is a whole other story. So I wonder with that guy, like what she told him, and she won't tell me. According to her, it's because she attacked me one night and I had to restrain her. Mm -hmm. And she's never forgotten that. And she's twisted it that I attacked her in her mind. And I don't know why someone would do that. What happened that night? Okay. I was younger and I was working in a casino. And I got high and drunk with some guy whilst working in the casino and then i went back to his place to have more drinks and it was like five in the morning by then mm -hmm. and he gives me this stuff and i pass out and i wake up about 8 a.m and he's nowhere to be seen and there's nothing and it's like a real crap house i've never felt this way before and i think there was some strange thing like i said young guy stupider but um i don't know what happened and i get out and i get home about 7 8 a.m i don't even know as soon as i get in the door she flies at me and fucking hits me and i push her off and she won't won't stop coming at me so i hold her and i turn her around put her against the wall and say please stop please stop and then she just falls to the floor and starts kicking at me and i i leave I go in the stairwell and then i pass out again <laughs> <laughs> and when i wake up she um, throws my glasses at me and we make up and it's all okay okay she thought you cheated that's why you didn't come home Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, I'm not that sort of type. Yeah, I would, I would suspect that. You know, come home all night, no call, no show. 
Yeah, and I got used to it because I would I would always either finish work at two a.m. or four a.m. and it doesn't matter because everyone's asleep anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't think to like say send a text message in the middle of the night, which caused more trouble than it's worth. I used to bartend, and I could tell you it did not help my first marriage because at the end of the night you have your shift drinks, you're unwinding, two turns to four, everyone's asleep anyway, so who cares? You're just going home to go to bed to get up to go to work the next day anyway. But you know, every night you're coming yeah. home from a party, and every night she's home with the kid. In hindsight, that was that was rough on her, and I, I'll give her that. When you break up with someone, it's very easy just to say they're mad or bad or narcissistic or all that sort of thing. It's a modern curse. So did you kind of realize the writing was on the wall with her, or was were you hit out of left field when you guys broke up? No, I had a good six months to understand it. She just cut me straight off when I went back to work after the car crash. It was the worst time of my life because I'd lost my best friend, and I'd lost a wife, and I'd lost sort of contact with my child through her knowing about him. So you were still married when this guy got in your face? Oh, no, we divorced okay. in 2021. We divorced. Gotcha. And she, she got all the house because it was the right thing to do. And I don't have to pay maintenance, even though I do, but it's informal. You got to look after your family. That's something I think all guys need to know. Most guys do. So the whole deadbeat dad mantra, there's more guys looking out for their families than not, I believe. Definitely, for sure. Deadbeat is about mindset. I mean, doing the absolute bare minimum, nothing. That's, that's a really rare thing. Someone just sent me a stat. Hold on, let me see if I could look it up about child support. Over 79% of custodial mothers receive child support awarded, while just under 30% of fathers receive. And over 46% of non-custodial mothers completely default on child support, compared to only 27% of non-custodial fathers. I'll find out where that study came from and the, the link in the show notes. We're not mentioning how high that figure is for women defaulting as well. Oh, that was 46%. Yeah, that's crazy high. It's almost double. Mm-hmm. 50% more. All right. So the writing was on the wall. You knew for about six months that uh, you guys were breaking up. Yeah. But you broke up amicably. She said she needed to divorce. We went and we signed the papers together and we went to McDonald's afterward. That's it. Was she just done? What was her reason? Her reason is she couldn't get over and trust me anymore after I didn't take care of her enough in driving. That was a car crash? Yeah. But that was blame shifting. It was a very convenient scapegoat anyway. What happened with the car crash? I spent two weeks working myself silly, trying to fix a house up and stuff. And um, before that, working in England, I had three jobs. I would work uh, mornings, evening, a weekend, sort of only have uh, Saturday evenings, two or three hours for myself, you know. I did that for like nine months and it was too much. In that time, my dad died and her dad died and her mother came to live with us. That's a whole other story. Her mother, having her in the house was very hard. Mm. And we just never had time together as a family. So it was hard. It was not nice. Really hard time. It's hard for me to tell in retrospect if I was conned or not in the way things finished up. What makes you feel you might have been conned? I wasn't bitter about anything and I was happy to take the loss up until I'd learned about the reputational smearing mm-hmm. and telling people like I'm a violent man and I've, I've hit her, I've intimidated her because that's something I would never do. It's just not in my character, personality, makeup. It's like apparent as soon as you talk to me for a minute. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's tough. We were fighting all the time. And by the time we broke up, I was like, I was ready. I'm like, you want to get divorced? Let's just get divorced. This is ridiculous. You know, you live near me. I'll live near you. We'll live in the same building. Whatever we got to do, we'll take care of the kids. And that's when my false allegations kicked in because I wanted 50-50 custody. I, th- I think she had nothing else she could say. 
because to take someone's hard work for years and then, oh, I don't like you anymore, now you come back to live with us for a month or two, it's a horrible thing to have to do to someone. Yeah. It misses the main factor, which is children. My son's had a hard time integrating into society, but he's been a strong and good little lad and he's done his best. He's he's nearly there. It's like during the pandemic, I had to watch him do online learning and he didn't have enough language skills oh. to make it through. And he'd, he'd already been in the country two years at that point. Like we've both done not a great job as parents in some ways with moving a kid it's, and moving a life. It's always more than you think it's going to be. So if that's one of the lessons anyone can take away, it's fucking big decisions need big planning. We did a thousand mile move from one side of Europe to the other. A lot of things went wrong, but we got everything there and we, she got integrated and settled well. I personally never got the chance to because I was always funding. Was it the business venture that brought you to Lithuania? Her family? Both? Yeah, her family. Um, she's got property there. She can do better for herself there and she didn't like the post-Brexit environment Britain which is something I actually voted for we never argued about that I mean we had a very good relationship and we had agreed to disagree we had all the good things and it was just very strange to me how it all suddenly changed pivoted on one moment which was my own stupidity but has led to a situation where I'm falsely accused of being domestically violent of things I don't know what or when and my son has to witness some man shouting at me because of it. Uh, his mum tells the police that it didn't happen. And the mum tells the police that he's not in a relationship with this man. But the man tells the police that he is in a relationship with her. And they differ on other sides of their things. And no one cares, basically, if you get assaulted as a man anywhere in the world, it seems. I've got to mention False Accusation Network at this point because we have too many fucking members now who are not just you know, can't see their kids, but they're actually scared of their fucking life. Yeah, I know. Fucking abuse that's going on. Years of it. Time's flying, so I'm probably shorting myself by a couple of months, but four months? How long have we kind of been on this? Five months? Three months? And it's gone from 50 members when Mike signed me up to over 100 now, I think. Mm. And, those are, and those are just the guys who want to talk. There's all these other members who just don't want to talk. Yeah, I think Mike gets for every three people Mike speaks to, one doesn't want to join the group. Every three to one. Wow. It's a it's a very lonely feeling. Actually, let me ask you. So you, when you, the police told you that she's talking about you being violent, what was your first reaction? Probably touched on it a little bit, but I felt useless. Yeah, but I also couldn't believe she was so lazy. Like she couldn't pull out any specific instance or any great event. Like she told the police when we had the car crash that, I wasn't drunk and I had breathalyzer and I wasn't on drugs. And yet she writes in the divorce petition that I was drunk and on drugs when I crashed the car. But I let all these little things go and I just wanted it to be a nice relationship for the good of the kid after divorce. And for almost two years, we managed it. And now she's fucked it all. And I can't even, I don't even want to be in the same country. I don't want to ever look at her. I can't interact. It's horrible to have to write now. Everything's like... It's the icky, ickiest feeling beyond icky, having to communicate practical things with child arrangements with someone who's fucking falsely accused you. I can empathize. You're putting on the happy face around the children. You're trying to smile. You're almost lucky enough that you guys aren't in the same area because we had to interact twice a week. Chuck, the guy who's falsely accused of being domestically violent has pictures with her cuddling our son and smiling the day before. The guy attacks me for being domestically violent. Is he a local? It's also... Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 You're not going to... You as an outsider going anywhere, any outsider going anywhere is not going to win against the local small town or is she in a city? She's in the city. Yeah. It's it's not your native territory. It's unfortunate. And I've mentioned it before, and I'll be mentioning this probably till the day I die. 
I was in the exact same boat and I would have caught a charge. I would have went to jail and I am not the guy who's fighting people in the street. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. I would have fought a couple of ex-boyfriends mm. because I was told they were abusive. And I used to feel any man with, you know, worth his weight would stand up against that until you're accused of false allegations. Now it's like any man worth his weight should visually see something going on or almost see something going on before they intervene. It's never the business of individuals to make judgment on other people's fucking relationships and try and right the wrongs for them. I don't know. I thought I was the one who didn't move on, but by making false accusations, the amount of hatred it takes to do that, real disregard for another person's humanity of not even knowing what you're accused of. I think a lot of people don't understand the ramifications. Uh, we definitely know that there are organizations out there who financially profit from domestic violence abuse claims. But I honestly, at least in my case, well, in other cases I seem, it seems like it's for the attention. Sometimes it's for the, the initial shock is for the, the pain that they want to hurt somebody for whatever reason they want to hurt them. They do the false allegations, but to keep dragging it on, it's almost like they get, they want attention or there's a benefit. Now, mm. some people definitely get benefits for being in the system, cheaper housing, food stamps, other benefits. The embellishment is off the charts, yeah, definitely. We hear about um, people who bring their spouses to England to live and the spouses can leave straight away and get their citizenship if they claim domestic violence. I heard that over there. I don't know if that's true here. I gotta find. I still have to research that. But yeah, I heard that's uh, on, the, on the rise, actually. Someone's in country for a couple of weeks. There's a very civil, noble, good thing behind it. And it was made to help people. And now they fucking ruined it by lying. And isn't that what we've done with justice and our own kids as well? Obviously, you're not just popping in to see your boy. How long does it take to get to Lithuania? Five hours. Okay, I was going to guess six. Five. You can't stay there anymore when you go. That's obvious. I can, but... I wouldn't. Well, how do you resolve something like this without using the courts? And then the courts can't actually resolve it. And that's actually smart that you know that because you you do, you're going to put it in through the court. You're going to fly back and forth to Lithuania or she's going to, oh, they won't ever make the kid fly. So you'll be flying back and forth to Lithuania with a language barrier mm. and trying to win in court only to find out it's getting brushed aside because that's usually what happens. Learned Lithuanian last five years. Oh, have you? Yeah. yeah. Are you court ready? <laughs> no, that's, that's different, special. That's, it is, isn't it? It's a whole different language all itself. Um, so she's got obviously nothing. No text, no emails, no video of you being abusive. And you're not in the area. I'm trying to no. justify why she would do her actions, but I think it might have just been for attention. Make this guy feel sorry for her. Yeah. And then that mirrors back to how we met. And I wonder if she ever actually did. Did she just leave an old man who was having heart problems alone in her native land? Because she was bored. Did she make any allegations against him or they were just done? She told me some horrible things, yeah. Dragging around the floor like a Barbie doll by her hair. Forced oral sex. Uh, embellishments. Don't know. I guess you can't really embellish being dragged on the floor, but you could definitely lie about it. It's either you're being dragged on the floor or not. You talk about red flags, but that's, that's what um, they say a lot in the group is when they come at you with, I've been abused so much on a first date, second date, third date. It can be a very bad manipulation tactic. Be a way that girls get get guys to like them, you know. If a guy is not fully into a girl, then they connect and bond in a trauma bond sort of way, and they're off. Trauma bond. I like that. Did you coin that phrase? 
I haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely getting credit for it today as we use it from here on in. Like any expert in false allegations, which I'm not, watched several years of psychology videos and learned about personality disorders and wondered if you're crazy, wondered if everyone else is crazy and uh, then hopefully got over it. But um, yeah, spent too long watching, watching the um, Dan Batnins and Richard Grannons and uh, narcissism experts, all the ladies and the Romani, the Dr. Romney ones, um, Dr. Fox. Yeah. I don't know what you feel about it. Like, is it useful? How useful can it be? Um, Yes, I think it is actually useful because, but you have to curtail it to your ex. Because there are definitely things I could have done better, like not engage as much. I was Pavlov's dog with the damn mm. cell phones because we're talking 18 years ago. Technology was new. It was miraculous. I could get my emails on my phone. Oh my God. Oh, a text. What's that? In hindsight, so I got my kids every other weekend and every Wednesday I could take them out to dinner. We called it daddy dinner night. hundred grand in legal fees only to find out that's what every dad gets in New York. Every other weekend, two weeks in the summer and Wednesday for dinner. And they all get Wednesday too. Mm. If you're ever in New York again, go to a restaurant on a Wednesday, see how many single dads are out there with kids. <laughs> I was talking about psychology of things, how you get into the psychology of things too much after. Absolutely. So she loved the engagement. She absolutely loved the engagement. Now, she never told me this. I didn't know this, but anytime I had my kids, mm. the cell phone would go off, never a call, just a text. And it was always, and on paper, always extremely nice. Hey, thanks very much for bringing the kids back on time today. It's like, okay, I, did, I didn't need that text to interfere. And then I would get jammed up and I'm actually having these conversations with my older girls now, almost apologizing because I was always jammed up because I'm always dealing with this phone beeping and I had to answer, I had to answer because you know you get addicted to these phones. We didn't realize how addicting they were. So I think the psychology, learning the psychology and then curtailing it to your ex is a very smart idea. Something that Mike helped me with in the false allegations, you'll go nuts mm -hmm. if you keep trying to work out why they are nuts. I guess that's my point. Spent too many, too long on that, too long on that. Because you want to justify it. I wanted to justify it. What did I do? What did she do? What trauma from her past caused her to go down this road? In my case, continue down this road for 18 years. And you're right. It's a waste of time trying to figure them out. And there's a message for anybody out there listening. Don't, don't even waste your time. You're going to want to do it. You're going to dabble in it. But as soon as you can get your head around not caring, about why they did what they did and focusing more on how you become a better person. I know a lot of guys talk about going to the gym. This week's episode, we get six wins. I loved it. It's like, go for a walk. <laughs> you know, Try to go for a walk once a day for seven days a week. And if you did it, you got yourself a win. And in some cases, I mean, waking up in the morning is a win after a while. Before I got falsely accused, I was just about really quite happy to be divorced Same. and looking look to the future and um, seeing that could make it work for my son in many ways. Now, right, you're in London, they're in Lithuania. People you work with, friends and family around the area. How many people know that you've been falsely accused of domestic violence? About 12. So I found myself telling everybody. <laughs> and I think it was more for my sanity. Actually, I can tell you, it probably saved all our lives because if you don't talk about things, and we didn't have the falsely accused network back then, we didn't have anything for men back then. Maybe, maybe there was something, but it was impossible to find, especially without the internet. You're right, Chuck. That's, that's part of what's really good about this false accusation network. When it's like anonymous, if you want it to be, or like it's a safe group, but you can not have your real name on there and you can be yourself and say what you need to say when you want to. Mm -hmm. That, that was very helpful for me getting over it. Stop talking about it all the time because I did want to talk about it all the time. 
um, for too long. It really it eats away at your psyche. What is it? If you do something for 10,000 hours, you're considered an expert? I did the math once and I have like 20,000 thinking hours on how to get around false allegations, how to prove yourself normal, prove yourself not a monster. Mm. I do wonder though, if in a more ideal world, you could just go to the courts and actually get some redress and some things happening at a sort of okay price you can afford, um, would there be this sort of level of angst over false allegations, etc.? Because if they could, if it wasn't such a nine to three year sort of journey, nine month to three year sort of journey, it seems to be, if it was like just a two week thing, decided bullshit, would, um, wouldn't need, wouldn't need a network like this. Yeah. Now, what'd you say you got divorced? 2021? Yeah, 2021. Uh, so you're only two years in. I don't know, personally, if I would stay in the same home. Think about all the guys we've spoken with and how many have gotten back for a little while with their ex and then they said the wrong word. Next thing they knew, they were getting locked up again. Mm. Well, we slept together last Christmas. So it was kind of strange. Oh, what's Christmas? Mm. We spent Christmas together. It's She spent Christmas freely chosen whilst divorced with a domestic abuser. If someone domestically abuses me, I don't tend to spend Christmas with them. But I'm definitely not putting my kids in harm with you. I'm weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous when you can stand back from it, stand back from it all. I don't know how you could get a Lithuanian court to make, I guess it's got to be the same there as here, right? Or there, or, you know, fathers get some kind of rights and they get visitation, even though they like to call it access. It's really, it's unfortunate. They visit their dad. With great respect to the Lithuanian system, they um, do enforce child visitation, whereas uh, we know Anglophone countries don't tend to enforce visitation. If mummy don't want to give up the child, in, uh, then it, they, she makes up any excuse and gets away yeah. with it, really. Over there, it's enforced better. That might be a step then. Maybe do a couple of emails. Hey, listen, I'd like him to come here and meet my family over here for the summer. Can I get him for a month? But you said she's not even answering you anymore? There's no attempt at sincere communication or addressing any point that isn't advantageous to her making her point. It's like talking to a one-way mirror, mm -hmm. in a way. So anything that actually needs answering gets put on the side for next email. Any meaningless little tidbits that can be grabbed onto and had a little rant about egoistically, let's focus on a bit more. Yeah, I have, uh, I have the same email chains. It's like, could, could you just answer, <laughs> at least in the last 20 years, could you just answer the question? Could you just respond to the prior email? How many of those went out? Uh, is it a failure when you start numbering your paragraphs? Is that when all fucking hope is lost? But you're close. Yeah. <laughs> I went down the bullets okay. at one point. I will be here. They will be there. This is that. Uh, my sister passed. I even had to have a stern conversation like, I will take you to court tomorrow if you stand in the way of my kids going to my sister's funeral. And it's hard to claim someone's abusive when you're the one abusing them. Well, actually, it's not hard at all, is it? So Lithuania is pretty good with the uh, enforcing. Do they have support groups for men over there? Do you know of? They have one called Gentis, G-E-N-T-S. I didn't look enough. I spent a year living there and I was mainly focused on the, the joy of being with yeah. my son every day. It's very weird to get divorced and then have one of the best years of your life. But I, I kind of did because I spent the two years before it being miserable and working. And whenever I would say to my dear darling ex, like, I really miss you and... Uh, can't wait to live together again sort of stuff. I'd get such charming comments as, please don't use me as an emotional toilet. Did strange things. That's an interesting line. Yeah, yeah. She's a very strange, complex person. And she's going to make someone very happy one day, I'm really sure. Right up until the end when she finds the next guy. No offense. <laughs> yeah, until she gets bored. 
Have you ever reached out to her first husband? We're only human, and yes, I did. He told me what I was in for when I started. Really? He phoned me up one night and said, so you've got her then? And I go, I don't know what you mean. We weren't checking at that point. Okay. She's living in She's living in your house, yeah? I go, yeah. That's right then. Well, you'll know that you'll end up having a big pile of shit to have to deal with, and everything will be your fault, and she won't take any responsibility. And yeah, thank you. Don't do it. Don't do it if you can. And, and like me, you were probably just like, sure thing, but you're just jealous that she's with me. We weren't together at the time. We were just friends. Oh, that's right, yeah. She was staying in my house, just friends. I thought, but maybe not. Because um, we spent like years before on the internet knowing each other. She said, I love you once or twice before, but then sort of went back on it. And I'm like, whatever, it's just internet weirdo friend chat. <laughs> Shouldn't let this shit escalate. No, get off the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking dangerous. It's doing us both in just in this one podcast. We've identified two hazards with the internet. Yeah, if you can keep off it, please do. If I could wave a magic wand, I'd get her to stop being shunned and all the best and just leave us alone and swap the kid over at school and not have to see each other. And that's what I hope to have next year. But who knows what shenanigans will go on in the meantime. We did pick up and drop, drop off at school and that uh, that definitely helps. The less you have to see him. You didn't like yeah. him. I didn't like you when we were in love. <laughs> I don't like you now. <laughs> so you thinking I'm moving back that way or? It's it's an amazing country and it's beautiful and I, I really like it there. And I, I spent a long time learning the language and I want to be there every day with my son. Yeah. Because when you're a holiday dad, yeah, you feel detuned and detached as a holiday dad. It's not a good state to be in, but it's better than nothing. A lot of people going years without seeing their kids and the courts are not helping them seeing. So can't complain too much. I do get to see him. No, I feel the same way. I got, I got the world's um, most disgusting house in Lithuania. I could put it on Airbnb as a, can you survive living in this shit house? But it, it was very cheap, so what can I say? Then that's where they're living now? No, no, she's got the nice house that I paid for. Okay. <laughs> I've kind of bought two nice houses. I can only afford one nice house and one shit house. So, obviously, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't make them live in the shit house and just keep a nice house to myself yeah. while I'm out of the country. That's abusive. That doesn't sound like the John I know. No, not at all. Too nice for that. Oh, so you have the house there. How far is your house from her house? Uh, Unfortunately, 35 minutes, but I wanted to be on the other side of town and, you know, not to cramp her style. And I like like the nature in that part of town as well. I do recommend it. It's an amazing country for a week. Yeah, check it out. I haven't been. I'd definitely love to see it. Yes. Eastern Europe, the air is so fresh. It's um, different. One of those places, like, when you... The thing that always got me about New York was the energy. Mm. Like, it gives you... It gives you a little bit of energy being in Manhattan or Brooklyn Bridge and that. But like in London, it saps your energy. After a while, New York sucks your energy too. Yeah, I bet. I like London, but I only was there for four days and it was a, basically a drinking fest. So it was a very good time. So you have the house in Lithuania. If you can, and are thinking on moving there, and again, I'm not a doctor, psychiatrist, uh, lawyer or anything. Um, I have residency there. My ex-wife was so scared of me when I was abusing abusing her in 2019 she got me a residence card huh. she could have done something then when i was what do i call it being abusive well non oh non <laughs> non-resident yeah um, she got she got me um identity card so i could get a job there so and she got that the precise time she said that i was being abusive during the marriage it's also weird so I tried getting Canadian citizenship. That's where my ex is from. And my application kept disappearing while the kids' applications miraculously made it through. Now, her mom was the one in charge of that. Uh, and every time I sent my paperwork in to her to, to submit for us, it got lost by the government. Probably was never submitted in hindsight. 
when her mom was living in the house with you, did you guys get along or did she? Her mom was agoraphobic and had neuralgia. So she couldn't go out and the slightest draft caused problems. And um, she spent fortune on heating. And she would talk incessantly at her daughter uh, nonstop until her daughter wanted to bang her own head against the wall. And every time we would be together, having a chat, having a fag in the antechamber or whatever, um, mummy would come knocking on the door and want to stop the conversation of English and turn it into Lithuanian and all about her. Quite a grim portent of what the future could have been. So the divorce, she dodged a bullet. Bullet dodged in her. When, when Lucid, her mum, very clever, very interesting person, saw a lot of history, um, knew intimacies of Stalin regime and um, very intelligent family. Do you still get along with her family or is that out the window now? Uh, that's out the window because, um, as you know, when you the, the male side getting a divorce and um, no one fucking cares about you, you just got to get on with it. No, not any of her friends, not any of her family. And uh, I think from retrospect, she started a smear campaign really from when they moved to Lithuania in some ways. I think she'd been telling her mum things and telling people things that weren't true. A lot of guys have said they end up finding out down the road that she'd been talking about him being abusive a lot longer than he even knew it was coming down. Friends and family seem to know before you do. Mm. Yeah, and then no one says nothing. Which is weird. Well, they're probably afraid to get her hurt. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I always found this sort of stuff like um, trashy as fuck. Like we have Jeremy Kyle in the UK, like you have Jerry Springer. Right. Uh, yeah, it's this attention so proper needing to be more interesting and embellished and than it really is i mean in my case yeah it's a better story after we divorced she got into feminism did a couple of activist thing and that but i've heard a lot of that happens to a lot of um, women after divorce they go through a two-year phase of man hating i guess we do the same kind of either we go one way where we love every woman we can meet or we just stay clear some guys just stay clear of everybody yeah yeah true, true. all or nothing and that really the isolationism I mean, that's the killer. I was in a basement in Brooklyn, just wallowing in my sorrow, going, where's my family? Where's my family? It was a basement apartment. The loneliness, again, guys, if you're out there, man, pick up a phone, call a friend. You got a buddy who believes you, just call that dude, hang out, guy or girl, whatever. Just You have to get a social network. You have to get somebody that you can just air this stuff out to, because if you don't, it bottles up and then you might just become the person you were accused of, which is just a win for them. And it's funny in a way, I've often found like you can talk to strangers more honestly than you can your own family. Oh, yeah. You don't want to burden them, but like a stranger can shrug it off. Your family can't. Why not talk to a stranger? The first advice I got as becoming a divorced man is I'm sitting in Brooklyn, in Prospect Park. There's a lake there, Duck Pond. And I'm sitting there and I got my six pack and I'm drinking my beers. And this 60, 70 year old black gentleman comes up and he's like, oh, you look bummed out or whatever we start talking it turns out he got divorced in the early 50s <laughs> and he goes i'll give you two things of advice always look your best when you're picking up your kids so your ex doesn't think you're suffering even if you are and make sure you have all your teeth and i looked at him and i was like those are so, that's a pretty interesting you know i mean we're sharing beers now and he's like there wasn't really much else i could hope for back then and i was thinking imagine being a black gentleman getting divorced in the early 50s mm. he must i felt despair holy cow and I'll tell you, my, my lawyer made this joke to me, which I thought was hilarious and not hilarious at the same time, but it broke the tension. Walking in the family court for the first time, he puts his arm around me and he goes, Chuck, you're going into the only courtroom in America where being a white male is not going to work in your favor. And he slaps me on the ass. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I guess he could have just said, you're a guy and you're going to family court. Good luck. Yeah, I've heard that. There's been a lot of good 
good things happening on the group lately, like, um, you know, no further actions, etc. But um, when you hear that people have the false allegations made in social services and I, um, what they call it, back chat, hearsay, all in hearsay, and then the hearsay gets ratified by going into the um, record on a family court thing. I don't know if that happens where you are, but if they fuck it up here and they make they incorporate things into fact, which were never fact. Yeah. It's just like... <sighs> we ended up getting divorced for, a, what was it, a constructive abandonment. When you when one party, in a, at least in New York, if one partner refuses to have sex yeah. with the other partner for a calendar year, mm. I guess that's to counteract the cheating. Like if you could hold it out for a year, you could divorce her, then you don't have yeah. to cheat and lose everything. I, I don't know how that law came into place. That's grounds for divorce. It's either that domestic violence or what was the third? I don't know why, but that's ended up what we what we got divorced for. She accused me of all the domestic violence. Mm. There's no nothing that supported it. So we're like, we're not agreeing to any of that. However, mm. domestic violence lawyers will take cases of people they perceive to be abused. So every other court we went to, she showed up with battered women society legal service or whatever, mm. which right then sets the precedent that you're a scumbag to the judge when you're like, hi, I'm here representing myself because I have no money anymore. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, hi, I'm being represented for free by, you know, let's save this poor defenseless woman's foundation. <laughs> and, and I can hear people cringing right now. We have to make jokes at these things or we will go mad. There's not one guy I've spoken to in the 20 years of going through this that hasn't said they need domestic violence societies. They need shelters for women and children. Because some guys, not all guys, not most guys, but some guys are fucking savages. They're just cunts. Yeah. And they're, they're the cunts who never fucking get charged. They're too scared to fucking call the police. So in the United States, cunt is like fuck over there. So when I talk to the guys in the UK, my cursing, like bloody, <laughs> is not, means nothing, means nothing over here, means a lot over there. <laughs> John and I were talking about cursing on the podcast. And obviously anybody who's listened to it knows you could fucking curse here. So you say cunt is not as bad as fuck in America? No, it's worse. Yeah, yeah, it's worse here too, I think. You know, no, you guys use it all the time. But I've, I've, I'll start an argument is that some people up north, they think twat is worse than cunt. When I was in New Zealand, I called the girl a twat, just kidding around. No, was it twat? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was. I, we were just playing. Yeah. yeah, New York, we curse at each other all the time. Mm. Yeah, she got mad. Wow. She, I was like, yo, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything by it. I don't even really know what that means. Yeah, some people in Britain, twat is the worst one. I don't know why. I'll keep that in my back pocket for when I visit. <laughs> 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 now you think you'll uh the false allegations are kind of kicking in i think they're going to be more if you move or when not if because you want to be by your boy and i wholeheartedly believe the only reason i have a relationship with my two girls now is because i stayed in the area uh, i did not want to stay in new york city i did not want to live down there it's just expensive and it, it grinds you i mean you got to constantly grind yeah. and i'm i like the country i like woods i like camping <laughs> i like the cities but you know as you get older yeah too much. The dank wears off. And especially seeing New York City now, uh, you know, I grew up in the 60s, I mean, the 70s and the 80s where I loved how New York City looked because, well, I was a little psycho. Mm. But as a father with two young women down there, I don't like how New York City looks anymore. No, well, you need the extra money to live the separated life whilst actually connected to everything that people do, like in, in the brownstones, they call it, in it? Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. Try touching those. I couldn't even touch them when they were cheap. During our shows, we like to give advice. Now, I think maybe you and I can spitball some advice here because you're going to move to the country. You know she's going to accuse you of domestic violence. She, she can't. I can't think she can go to the police say, 
I'm domestically violent after all this evidence that I'm not and moaning and protestations to the police that started it. Not originally, but if you go back for the next holiday or you go there for over the summer, then it's behind closed doors and nobody knows what happens behind closed doors, which is why false allegations is so successful. I've asked her over email just to say, you're not going to go to the police for any allegations and I can come over because I don't trust you. I think she might do something sneaky, yeah. I would 100% think it. Or even that guy. If he cares for her, which most men end up caring for the people they're with, he's going to want to fight you to defend her honor, which he's already proven. But she ain't got any honor, though. What is honor? I don't get these guys. Oh, wait, you have a house there. Why would you need to stay there? Because the house is falling apart, or? Why would I have to stay at her place? That's what I thought you said you stayed. Oh, you bought the house after the Christmas holiday. I have my own place there since we divorced, but I've stayed in her house because my one's too shit for winter. Gotcha. Yeah, minus 22 winter. We moved into an older house up by when we moved out of the Bronx. We moved up to uh, Connecticut, and it was a drafty house, so I spent most of my winters filling the... Uh, Fireplace insert, keeping the house warm. It's weird with her because I don't know why she had such a problem just saying, I've got this boyfriend and he's slowly moving in. All right, deal with it. Instead, he's a workman. He's a friend. He's this, he's that. I don't fucking care. It's her MO. It's exactly what she did to her husband with you, her first husband with you. Played around with his head by having a third party. And you can have the third party before you break up or before you let the first party know. Mm. That way, if it doesn't work out, you still have the first party. Thank God we have Tinder now to get to our disappointments quicker. I do love your sense of humor on the chat line too. <laughs> All right. So what kind of advice would we give to guys out there? We're coming up on our hour. You experienced false allegations in a foreign country. Mm. How was, what was that like? Walk us through that. I got the police report back and I was already in England. So I got it through email. Okay. I can only imagine how fucking awful it must be to be accused in another country, in another language in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of not knowing what's going on, what they're saying about you, just everyone, blah, 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 blah. And you're sitting there looking around in handcuffs. You have to really trust in the person interpreting and you cannot. You can't trust the people in uh, your own country mm. <laughs> representing you half the time. Or maybe not half the time lawyers don't go suing me, but a lot of lawyers just phone this, phone these jobs in. I will say something that I've, I've learned from this and I didn't know before for myself. A lot of migrants who go to a new country, after 10 years, the homesickness kicks back in like never before. They don't expect it. Someone can be totally in love with, say, like an Anglophile, England, or really want to be in the freedom of America, and then they do it for 10 years, and they find out it's not all that, and they don't like the culture after they've learned more about it, and then got to go. And if you have a kid with someone who's in the middle of that, you're looking at 15 years of back and forth air travel just for having a slightly more exotic missus. I don't know. The 10-year window is interesting. I've kind of, I've never really looked at it, but in hindsight, looking... Yeah, I could see that. I could see a lot of people getting very homesick after on the 10-year window. And there's a question of morals. It's like, if love is letting go, then you let go of your kid a bit so they're not traumatized by you always doing the tug back and forth and you keep it appropriate when you do exchanges and you don't play strict, rigid, you know, even if it's your birthday, you can't be with your mummy in the good house. You've got to be in the shit house, daddy, because it's my day on the weekend. No, a good man gives up his three days when it suits the kid. Yes. And... You should be able to get some back in lieu. But um, yeah, it's it's a shame for me that unlike a lot of folks who go straight into the false allegations after divorce, I had a good two year of being civil and actually thinking this could work. And then it finds out it's all gone to shit. What doesn't help me get to sleep at night is thinking, what could I have done better? So I would never pretend to be able to give any advice to anyone. I really enjoy working with false allegations network listening. Well, you're very new in the false allegations. Unfortunately, hopefully it stops. 
Mm, no, I, I wouldn't claim to be uh, the shit I hear and the sheer scale of it going on for years and alienation, child endangerment and people just have to stand by and put up with it and social services not doing anything but always having to write every evening another letter, another letter. I can see why these sort of situations do drive men to kill themselves and it's important we have to take care of each other. It's boring when you've been traumatised by life or anything but to talk about it over and over again, eventually you do get it out and you get sick of talking. And even despite myself reaching that point really recently, um, it's still been a very good pleasure to talk to you about this. It definitely helps. But like you said, and somebody told me this years ago, and it definitely helped me. Like I said, I have my 20,000 hours of flat time behind this nonsense, but you can't let them live rent-free inside your head. Mm. You know, They're not thinking about you right now. Why are you thinking about them? Think about what's around you. Live in the moment. You can feel guilty for sometimes thinking back of nice things, but it's a different time and it was a different place and you were different people. And so it's just a nice thing in your memory. It doesn't have to be painful now because of false allegations or child estrangement. It still can be a nice memory. I'm not going to ask them just yet. I always brought up good memories, and I still do, to my mm. kids with my, their mom and myself. Like, oh, I remember when your mom and I did this, or oh, yeah, this was fun. Sometimes they feel weird about it because their mother doesn't talk to me. I don't exist in that house, which, which again is the problem because it's supposed to be co-parenting. But, but it never is. No, it never. Well, I've met a couple of couples who who did it right. Some people are amazing. I was at my, my uh, ex's friends. Ex-spouse was at her wedding because they were still good friends and they didn't have kids. It's like, that's crazy. Mm. But good for you. It should end that way. There's no reason. Listen, life's short. No, it can it can be nice. It can be. Thank you very much for coming on the Why Daddy Never Cried podcast. You, now, you don't do any social media stuff like that, right? No, no, I'm not demonstrative, but I would just say anyone who's been falsely accused, false allegations, false accusations network, um, falsely-accused.network.co.uk, <laughs> falsely-accused-network.co.uk, that's the one. I call Mike every now and then. I'm like, yeah, so I messed up the name of the, <laughs> the organization on this week's show. Sorry. You got allegations, accusations, insinuations. An asshole. Yeah. yeah. And we we check all those boxes. Yeah. So yeah, it's false the falsely accused network UK. And it sounds like we're starting to get a a US Canadian or North American one going. We'll see. That'd be great if we can get a a couple more countries involved in this. It, It would be the best thing, I think, to help everyone get a handle on what's going on and work together do better things yeah people need to talk more the kids are our future there's not a person in the world who doesn't understand well there's not a person with half a brain in their head who doesn't understand Uh, we're not doing it for some reason but we really need to teach our children the proper way to survive and to thrive absolutely absolutely ready for that beer (laughs) no it's a school night and uh, yeah fair enough that is it's only wednesday right we had a holiday monday so my whole week's thrown off john be good brother i'll talk to you soon take care chuck all the best mate bye all right. I hope you were paying attention and caught some of John's humor because he is a funny dude. A couple of things that John brought up that's really important. It's easy to blame your ex when everything's over. Look at yourself and see what you did wrong or could have done better. Don't worry about your ex. They're gone. But in your next relationship, you're not going to make the same mistakes if you're focusing on yourself to make yourself better. They did the right thing. They had an amicable divorce, but something happened. To this day, John still doesn't know what, but he was accused of domestic violence in a foreign country. And what did we see? We saw a guy come up to him and start a fight, and John had no reason why. 
but we know why. Because we protect the ones we love or care about. And this is what lying about false allegations of domestic violence does. The person you care about now could put themselves in harm's way, trying to protect your lying honor. And if you care about this new person, you're going to get him arrested or killed because they're going to roll up on the wrong false allegations dad who's not going to have the common sense like John had and know just to push him away because his son's watching. Do we think knowing the psychology behind false allegations helps? I do. I truly do. Because if you have a, an ex-partner who is hell-bent on keeping you out of your kids' lives, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with that person and maintain a relationship until your kids are emancipated. And you have to do this. You have to figure out how to stay in your kids' lives. Whether it's business as usual, picking the kid up and dropping him off at school and never seeing your ex, or just standing outside that school telling your kid you love him every Thursday. It doesn't matter. You got to be involved in their lives to influence their lives. And if you want to change this, I believe knowing the psychology behind why the false allegations are being committed, specifically tailored to why your ex might or might not have did it, doesn't matter. Knowing how to deal with them on a day-to-day -day scenario or situation is the only thing that matters. And yeah, it's true. Being a holiday dad and every other weekend dad, it really sucks. There are miscommunications I had with my girls that in a normal household or a traditional household, I could have addressed the next day. But two weeks go by, things are forgotten, whether it's your anger, their anger, your confusion, their confusion, and all that just builds. I don't have a good answer for you guys here. I don't know what to do about that just yet, but we're going to find out. We're going to keep searching until we find out. All right. Joe, take us on home. We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world. You can't change what happened to you, brothers. So figure out how to make it work for you and your children. When life gave me lemons, I said to hell with a glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, take a deep breath. You've got this, Daddy. No, no, no.